What's your employee number? It's a question many of us have heard or will hear after being in the startup space long enough. One's employee number is basically a tally of when they joined the company they're in. For some, it's a badge of honor to have the single-digit employee number, especially once your company's at the stage where it's making its hundredth or thousandth hire, because you can essentially say that you quite literally help build the business. And that's the position that Adlin Fu is in, although she's a little more humble about it. Let's wind the clock a little bit back to when you first joined Grab. I understand you're one of the founding members of Grab, right? Uh, yes, I am. People tend to ask me, what is your employee number? I'm a little <laughs> bit shy, but um, so, so it's number four. In Chinese, it's not so auspicious of a number, but <laughs> so, so, so there it is, 004. As a founding member of the company, Adeline's seen Grab before it was even called Grab. In the more than eight years since she joined the startup, she's played a crucial role in its growth story, having worn several hats including, but not limited to, country head for Malaysia and Indonesia, regional head for Two Wheels Business, and her current roles as regional head of Merchant and Grab Express. And in the middle of all that, Adeline took on another job, arguably the most important one among them all, the role of a mother. From TechAnasia and Grab, this is How She Made It, a podcast that tells the stories of the innovative women behind one of Southeast Asia's biggest tech startups. My name's Nat, and this is episode 3, the story of how Adeline Fu made it as a working mom in a high-growth startup. And how's it like being number four? Like um, when you first joined, I guess you were joining a company that wasn't a company yet? So yes, it was at the brink of launch. Most of us have probably heard the Grab founding story by now. Co-founders Anthony Tan and Tan Hui Ling met while pursuing an MBA at Harvard Business School, went back to Malaysia, and started MyTaxi. And as the business grew, it rebranded to GrabTaxi, and then just Grab, eventually setting up in markets across Southeast Asia and relocating its headquarters to Singapore. For Adeline, that's a startup story that she got the opportunity to witness firsthand. For the most part, anyway. We started off with just one goal of really making transportation safer in Malaysia. So, so Huiling and I, we are, we are friends, right, all the way from, from university. So when, when I first heard about her idea of really using technology to see how we can solve this problem for Malaysia, I thought, okay, it's never been done before. No Malaysians have been successful in really changing the landscape of transportation. So then she asked me, like, would you be interested? And I said, um, I'll think about it, Hui Ling. Because back then, I was at this juncture of either pursuing my MBA. And mm. I knew that Hui Ling was back from her, her holidays, right, her B school. My, my goal was really to just, hey, Hui Ling, can I borrow your books, right? Can I even get it for free? That is not <laughs> cheap. And then um, she, she used the, the time to, to actually share her idea. And I, I really bought into that to that, that mission, I, I knew that it has never been done, but I knew it was going to be super difficult. So Adeline made the leap of faith and joined her friend's entrepreneurial venture. And it was a pretty big leap of faith. Were you like super excited to come on board something new or like, uh, like what was going in on your head uh, uh, at the time when she pitched you that idea? Uh, to be honest, I don't know whether excited was the word, but I was, 
there were more questions than answers <laughs> to be honest back then to be candid about it as well like i recall having this conversation with anthony and he's like we we love you can you come on board but we need to talk about your salary i'm like <laughs> okay because there's a lot of questions in my head already and I'm like what 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 do we need to talk about we don't have a lot of capital and uh, would you be okay if we get into this deferment arrangement i'm like I'm, i don't get it anthony what what do you mean okay to put it simply whatever that we agree to pay you you get 50% now and 50% a year later i'm like right <laughs> i was like okay okay um that's very reassuring anthony <laughs> but uncertainty and many questions aside adlin still took the plunge and like all startup endeavors the early days were a bit of an uphill climb it has been a humbling experience for me till today humbling in many sense because so I, I didn't know I was getting into so I, I came into my taxi and I soon realized that I really didn't know a lot about the subject matter <laughs> like about about taxi about transportation and I was a management consultant before and you're groomed to know to have a more profound knowledge of a subject right and you're supposed to be an expert so I went in there I'm like holy cow like I really don't know a lot right like first from the industry and then from really understanding what the right hailing industry is i don't know about talking to the different partners i really don't know how to set up the processes to run this type of business right like right. uh setting up ce thinking about the product i'm like oh so so i really didn't know what uh what i was getting into and going through that experience i think humbled me a lot In the process of trying to learn the ins and outs of the taxi, ride hailing, last mile logistics and general transportation industry, Adeline had to interact with various stakeholders to really understand their pain points and see how Grab would be able to develop innovative solutions for them. And sometimes these led to very unique experiences on Adeline's part. And there was this particular one in Indonesia where we learned a lot, right? Really learned a lot, right? And we arranged for this session where i could shadow a driver doing deliveries right either food or either parcel so i was on another bike as a pillion rider with a driver and there's another one in front so so i said okay but just just do what you can i just you just assume that i'm not here i'm just here to observe <laughs> you and then he was like okay like you want me to drive fast or slow i said no no just just do what you do and we will follow did, did so he, he know who you were like did he no, know he, that so he knew we were from uh, i was from grab Okay. Right, and but he didn't know what I was doing in Grab, so he's right. like, "This is quite strange for this lady to want to follow me around." So, which which is what I did, right? So we we did it for three hours, right? So you know, I personally love cycling. You know, like I go for spinning classes. I even have a spin bike here at home. But doing pillion biking for three hours under the hot sun in Jakarta, it's 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 a different level. So after that three hours, after following the driver around, I I got off the bike. I was still in like trying to keep myself balanced, right? My center of gravity was still a bit odd, right? And my face was flustered. I was red. It was hot, hot, really hot, right? <laughs> and we were like zooming in and out of traffic, like and and the dust and everything. So I was like dead tired, and I'm like, I mean, my my team was asking me. I said, no, I need I need the ice. I need the <laughs> ice bottle. Ice cold, cold, cold. I need to wash my face. But imagine this, right? Like they do that for eight to ten hours every day, right? And when you sit down, you have co- coffee with them all throughout the the region, right? It's it's quite common to hear that 
when when I ask them like how do you do it any tips do I need to wear something or you know like how, how do you keep yourself sane and 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 cool all the time so I, I always ask their tips but they said it's really about the motivation I say what is what motivates you to do this like why do you do this every day and it, what was quite consistent is I do it for my family I do it for my kids right right so I'm and I'm like when you get very close right to 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 drivers like this and you hear stories like this and and you're actually living every day within grab like um learning about this livelihood struggles and and you're in a place where you can actually do something about it. I mean, for me, that that's my rock bottom, the time where I was the most humble. And then every time when I go back home after that session, I, every time after I speak to the drivers or even merchants, right? Like, I'm just so blessed to have my family. You know, like every time I go back, I say, I love you so much. And also very blessed with what I have today, right? Like, and also the opportunity that Hui Ling and, and Anthony has, has given me to, to be part of this amazing company. On top of giving Adeline a newfound perspective on how she saw her own life, these integrations are also partly responsible for some of Grab's features that we use today. So I recall having this conversation with a driver and, and a t- typical question that I ask him is, um, hey Park, how many jobs do you do today? Like how many how many uh, transport jobs do you do today? So, and he would tell me like, oh, I, I recall this one conversation. He said, okay, I did about 20 altogether and five non-humans. I'm like, dude, <laughs> what, what do you mean by non-humans? <laughs> That's like, uh, I was a little bit scared already, like non-humans, like, okay. Uh, is it a supernatural thing, right? Like, you know, the first thing that came to your head. They said, no, no, no. Um, so I went to this lady's house and she asked me to send uh, cookies to her customer. And this is what I did. I just picked up the box and then sent it to the destination. And I said, oh. I said, oh, then what about the other jobs that you did? They said, oh, the other one was someone forgetting a bag from home. And I just picked up the bag from someone, someone from his house and I just delivered it to his office. I'm like, hmm, interesting. So that was the precursor to what we know as Grab Express and also our food business today. Right. So I think the point to highlight here is for me throughout this journey, there's a lot that we can learn from just really observing the market and listening to your stakeholders because I think we've got to give it to people in Southeast Asia. They're quite creative in figuring out how they want to use the service as well. So it's really our job. If we feel that there's the, the great product market fit, how do we build the, the best experience to facilitate this? Then, in the midst of building Grab from a Malaysian ride-hailing app to a Southeast Asian ride-hailing app to the super app it is today, Adeline became a mom. So I have two kids right now, right? So I have a four-year-old son, my firstborn, and my second daughter, um, she's turning one next week. Oh, wow. So, all right. Um, so, so I first became a mother in uh, December 2016. All right. Mm. So that's somewhere... Uh, somewhere between um, my my role as a two wheels transport and also express and launching uh, incubating food as well, mm-hmm. exciting um, <laughs> for sure. For sure, yes. But because um, <laughs> it was also scary. I recall like oh, like what's it gonna be like? Because I I wasn't the first one amongst the early guys that became a parent. Anthony was before me, so I, I recall seeing him 
going through that that process, right, of being himself, right, pre-baby mm-hmm. to embracing parenthood, right? right? So I'm like, oh, it's going to be scary. <laughs> so that's <laughs> what I re- remember telling myself. Oh no, how would this change things, right? And and it's just back to the the same situation of having more questions than answers, right? <laughs> Right, but it was a mixed feeling kind of thing. Like obviously, with with my husband, we were delighted, right? Mm. But at work, I was I, I had my doubts. Definitely many questions. I, I'm not sure whether I could pull it off because with with my role, right? Like I was traveling a lot on average about two countries a week. Mm-hmm. So I typically stay uh, maybe a, a night, two nights in each country that I visit, and and I come back right or over the weekend. So so I used to. <laughs> I used to joke with my family and, and friends as well. Like the the airport is actually my second home, and I actually have like a routine at the airport, like the the, the cafe that I will sit in, which chair, you know, like I have this routine. Right, right. So when you realized that you were going to become a mom, you know, what changed for you in your role at Grab? Because like you said, you. We're all about that process, right? You go to the airport, you have your favorite cafe, your favorite chair, your favorite drink. Uh, you had this whole process in place. How did your job change when you realized that you were going to become a mom? Right, so it was not much of a difference. But you know, like the, the, the planning side of me started kicking in, right? Then I I was having conversation with Anthony as well, and and he was he was actually being very proactive about it. He said, you know, Adeline, you're going to be a mom. Yeah, to because <laughs> he went through it first, right? right? So things are going to change. It's going to change. I'm like, I think so, right? It should, right? It should. And he said, do take some time. Think about how can you still operate well, and think about the changes that we need to incorporate, right? Like be teams and and whatnot. So I, I took his advice, you know, I took his advice, and I I went back, started thinking. So I I was given this flexibility to also strengthen my team right mm-hmm. so so in a way extending my bandwidth to my team right so especially when when it comes to traveling anymore because Anthony is being very forthcoming I, I don't expect you to be traveling like two countries every week right now how do we <laughs> build a strong bench for you so that you know like a lot of these customer stakeholder facing can be done by them and yet you know like you can still be successful in what you do right I said mm, I'm not sure but you know like sometimes I tell him that you need to be there. You need to you need to see it, right? Like you need to experience it. So I had to think about how you know my operating model would be, right? Like when right. the baby comes. Eventually, the baby came, and as Adeline had expected, things did change. So d- did you kind of adopt a different work philosophy when um, you know you had your first child? Like were there like blockers that you put in place to make sure that you didn't have one of your life like as a mother or one of your life as uh, working at Grab interfering with each other or like uh, negatively interfering with each other? Mm, good question. Um, by the way, I'm still a work in progress in this space. but <laughs> <laughs> No one's uh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think what has changed is now, you know, like there's family in the picture. What, what I have done as well as more proactively doing is, is really carving out time 
for them. So typically, I every weekend, I look at my schedule for the week, right? And I consciously block off time, right? Either to ensure that I, I'm there for bedtime um, stories, putting them to bed, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like sacred, sacred time. So I normally put it in my calendar, sacred. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so because I open up my calendar for, for my team. So they know that this is sacred time. and cannot disturb Erlene only when it's really, really, really important. That's right. it. You can message me, but only when it's really important. I will appreciate your support. Like, do not disturb me during this time, right? So it's dinner time uh, to bedtime, right? Typically, and also that there are some pockets where, because um, I'm still breastfeeding, so I tend to put either this pocket, so I block off 15 minutes in my calendar, because it becomes like a routine, right? Or you know, like a block of time to pump, right? Um, to, to do the necessary motherly duties. So what I tend to do is like the beginning of the week block of time for family and then work revolves around that. Right, right. So I, I guess that's one big change. And then secondly, actually planning is super important, I feel. Right. So I was a planner, but I became more anal with planning <laughs> since since the kids came. So I, I described this scenario. Like at work it is it is challenging, it is chaotic, but it's predictable in some ways. Mm. So your, your work staff is predictable. Oh, you know that this huge workload is going to come or the, the implications to, to certain things, right? It's a little bit more manageable. But at home with kids, right? The, the word, and this is advice for you, it's going to be unpredictable chaos, seriously. Like one day, she or he will be sleeping well. Oh, you thought, you got it, you got it. The next day, sleeping well again, perfect. The nine months come, boom. Then sleep regression happens. What just happened? And then your 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 son or daughter keeps waking up at night every two hours. I'm like, what is going on, right? This this big regression. So it's really hard to predict sometimes, right? Like or one day he and she eating, eating well, eating well, eating well. Then suddenly there's a food strike. <laughs> Be like, what is going on, man? And kids or children, they typically go through this growth leap per se like mental growth leap and they become very frustrated during this time so that's why you know like I've learned to plan more right so so I tend to do a lot of planning right even pre-covid when we go out for meals so in my mind (laughs) before going out I'll be thinking which restaurant are we going to be eating what time is it because there's nap time and then um, how many steps is this restaurant is it on the third floor second floor first floor is there parents room there right where are we going to park the car because there's going to be many steps and um, activities during meal time right because I find that planning this out running this uh, sequence of events in my head helps manage some of this chaos better that's and the advice is there's still going to be chaos right so at least (laughs) at least you know like 70 percent of the chaos is a bit more predictable or it's more manageable right right but putting all the challenges that come with being a mom aside the experience can also be extremely rewarding you know like you say it's a work in progress but was there a point in time where it kind of clicked that you had it down to pat like it was all working out or are you still not there yet? I, I, I don't know, right? But I guess it's um, it's about cherishing the small moments, I'd mm. say, right? So uh, back to the the planning of my week. So so I tend to also plan pick up time sometimes for my son. 
So it's those are very sacred times, right? It's hard to plan for it because it's three thirty in the afternoon. I'm like, oh, it's oh, in man. the middle of <laughs> of the working day, right? Like it's it, it's quite tough to to actually carve out time. And when I do, right, like a few days ago, I did it. When I do, like you can just see the joy in my son's face, like. Mommy, you're here to pick me up. I'm like, yes, yes. You say thank you for picking me up, and I said, wow, okay, sure. That's very nice of you. You're welcome. He's like, said, why do you like mommy picking you up? He said, because I love you. I was like, oh, <laughs> so so it makes it. Uh, he's also pretty smart, right? In how That's to, adorable. Oh my gosh. So, so I know, like, so I would say it's the the small win. Mm. Like, like, uh, I'm not asking for a lot, but it keeps me going. And and he's pretty smart now on how to use the emotional side to get me to spend more time with him. And you will come to the same realization as me. There was this saying that you will never fully understand the full, true meaning of love until you become a parent. Wow! When I became one, and then I realized that right, it was. It's a little bit like agape love kind of thing. Like it's it's what it means is the unconditional, selfless love that you have for your children. It's it's just very surreal, right? And so I I, I can't quite tell you what that feels like till you experience it yourself. Right, right. That unspeakable yes. love. It's truly unspeakable. It, it's truly, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like um, having go through like the labor process. Oh my gosh! Don't, I mean, I, I will, I will spare you the details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For any other working moms out there, or working moms to be even, Adeline's advice is simply not to worry too much. If I can go back in time, I will tell myself like, just don't worry so much, right? Mm. Like, just be kinder to yourself. It's gonna be okay. Just like now, four years later, I am telling my myself four years before, right? It's gonna be okay, right? And also for 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 all mothers, right? Like yes, it's gonna be okay. But what's also important is you you need to be proactive in finding your groove, right? Uh, as a as a new parent or as a working mom, right? And be proactive in figuring out what is the operating model that works for you. Mm. If if something doesn't work today, you need to speak up, right? Like one example, uh, when I became a, a new mom uh, in grad before, and because we are such a young company, a lot of us graduate into parenthood for the first time as well. Like right. we, we we know very little about this subject. Um, when I became a first time mom, and I was at the office, I was I was asking people around like, hey. Where do you pump? Simple question like that, and they said we don't have any room, so we either pump in the meeting rooms, in the storerooms, or some worse like in the toilet. I'm like, no, this cannot be happening. And what I did was I just uh, rang up our head of people and said we need parent rooms, All right? And she said yes, I think we need so too. <laughs> Because and she and then I said did anyone raise this? She said no one. I'm like, okay, we need to do something about it, right? Because As working moms, you shouldn't suffer in silence. I feel right. You need to be more proactive in voicing out what you need to be successful, or or working out with with your supervisor or manager to find an operating model that suits you, right? At the workplace, or even like flexibility in timing. And I, I was actually very blessed to to have the co-founders who is super supportive and and they give me a lot of flexibility. And and to them, right, they said, you know what? Just let us know how we can actually make this work, right? And I was like, "Yeah, great." And and you know, I've been giving suggestions, and has been has been working for me. 
right? But I I really do hope that a lot of the other working moms as well do the same because we also see the trend that you know like some some mothers feel guilty, right? Like oh you know like when they become a parent, it's always that constant struggle between career and family, or they have to they have to pick one. And I hope also that future and other employees as well will also be be more sensitive about the needs around working mothers because there's there's a lot of um, challenges. But together, you know, like we can definitely make this work. And um, it all has to start with being more proactive, not only on the working mom side but also on the employer side of things as well. And just in case Adeline's kids find this in the future. Here's your mom's message for you. I hope that you know, like one day, when when they truly understand what I'm doing at work, right, or at Grab, that they will be proud of me, right. So, because one of the main reasons why I joined Grab is really for their social mission for Southeast Asia, right. And every day we have this opportunity to really make lives better for citizens here in in, in this part of the world. Right, and I, I talk about Grab being a once-in-a-lifetime generational company, and it's also legacy building in the making. Right, like, and every day that we operate, it's basically like a storyline that is being written for the impact that we are bringing. And I hope that you know, like when when my kids are older and they are aware of what Grab is, right, and I really hope that they'll be proud of the impact. They'll be proud of the work that. Yeah, mummies have been contributing for this part of the world. Yeah, so that's my only, um, my only sort of like, uh, hopefully my prayer uh, for my kids, right? Uh, my, my my only sort of like ask. And I, I guess if that happens, um, uh, I'll probably be the, the the proudest mom in the world, right? Right, right. It would have all been worth it. Yep. Well, yeah. Thank you so much, Adeline, for sharing. Um, and thanks for this very wonderful conversation. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. We covered everything. Thanks for uh, being so candid and open. It was a joy speaking to you, and I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, and I um, and it's definitely a joy as well speaking to you, Ned. How she made it is a podcast by Techinesia, produced in partnership with Grab. Special shout out to Adeline Fu for sharing her story. You can find her LinkedIn profile in the show notes down below. This is the last of three episodes of How She Made It. Be sure to check out episode one and two if you haven't. You can find out more about Grab at grab.com or visit grab.careers to join the mission of driving Southeast Asia forward together. That's it for this episode. To all our female listeners out there, happy International Women's Day from the Tech in Asia and Grab teams. My name's Nat, and I hope you enjoyed this mini-series just as much as I did. Take care.